0: You turn your Bible with me to the book of Ephesians this evening, Ephesians chapter 4. While turning there, I'll tell you a story about a husband and wife. One weekend, the husband woke up and uh, he found uh, the wife in the kitchen. Then she said, good morning, honey. And then the wife said, good morning. And then the husband said, "Uh, since you're there, he said, "Uh, you need to make me some coffee. What? The woman said, what coffee? And the woman said, do you know that man's supposed to be the one doing the coffee for the wife? wives said where did you get that said in the bible what said can you show me and the woman said that's easy turn to the book, to the book of hebrews uh, you you so slow eh you're so slow huh? hebrews yeah. oh, that's... <laughs> i didn't know why i said that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I I'm thankful to Pastor for giving me the privilege but I'm more, more thankful to God. But in saying that I'm really thankful to to our pastor. Uh and one of, the more, one of the things that I'm more thankful is that he doesn't tell me what to preach. are you glad? And I, do, I don't know if he still wants me to preach after this. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm really thankful to, for the privilege uh, that uh, has been given me. And the message that God impresses upon my heart is, is, is basic, you know. But I think as a church, we sometimes forget the basics, isn't it? We want the, the more interesting things, we want the more in depth. And so tonight, I hope that uh, you came with, the, with, with your hearts ready your mind, your spirit, because there's something in store for you tonight. And, you know, I'll tell you honestly, after this, some of you will accuse me of being the pastor's man. You know, hey, I'm putting my hand up. I'm guilty as charged. According to some surveys, you know, there are thousands and thousands of pastors that that quit the ministry every week. I don't know the reason why, and, and I don't want to know that. But when I read that, you know, it, it, uh, it, it just dawned on my heart that we need to be mindful that we are not the one causing the man of God to to shy away from the ministry, so let's go to our text this evening, Ephesians chapter four, beginning in verse seven. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. For, for he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captive, captive, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors, underline the word pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work, the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slave men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you most of all, Lord, that... If we send new son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sin, and the result is that by receiving you as our Lord and Savior, we have eternal life. Lord, we, we, we ask thee, God, tonight, Lord, that uh, you would just quieten our spirit. Lord, help us to, to learn uh, from the things that you want us to learn. Lord, uh, help us to search our hearts. Holy Spirit, have your own own way and your will in the service this evening. We need you. I need you. Lord, hold my body up and my mind that I may deliver your word that you want me to deliver to your people. Again, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace unto us. So help us now. In Jesus' precious name, I pray all of these things. Amen and amen. According to verse 11, the pastor is a gift of God to the church. And we can say amen to that. He was God's gift to the church. Now you may think that you get a bargain because she got pastor, no, you did it. And that sure by some maturity, some kindness, love. Most, most of all, he was the man of God, called by God to pastor this church has been given to you to strengthen your spiritual life and to help you grow into maturity as believer has been called here to encourage you to feed you to lead you instruct you in the things of God like I said a while ago if this is my time last time to preach so be it you know I will take that risk because I know in my heart this is the message that God wants me to preach to you or for you this evening. Folks, this message took a lot of praying took a lot of searching, asking God, God, what do you want me to preach to you people? and I could have I could have just you know pulled out some of my my, you know, my old notes. But, you know, it's not. You know, I wouldn't preach a message that my wife or my, or my daughter had from me before. And so after a lot of soul searching and a lot of, of praying to God, God led me to this message. And I entitled the message tonight, how to be a blessing to the man of God. And I make it a personalized message for you. How to be a blessing to your pastor. How to be a blessing to your pastor. Number one. You ready? There are 16. No, I'm just kidding. There <laughs> are only six, okay? Pray. Number one is pray for him. Let's go to the book of First Timothy. First Timothy. Chapter 2, 1 Timothy, chapter 2. We're all familiar with this, uh, with this, uh, with this scripture. Yeah, I think pastor even, you know, uh, took a series of this. Chapter 2, 1 Timothy. I exhort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks we made for all men. But it didn't stop there. Verse 2. for kings... And listen to the, to the next words. And for, for all that are in authority, why? That we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Folks, we are strongly urged by the word of God. We are strongly encouraged as a church to lift up the man of God in prayer. Folks, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your pastor is your constant, heartfelt prayers. He is embarking on the greatest undertaking of his life. And being a pastor is not something that can be taken lightly. It is a great responsibility. And I thank for a man of God that depend on on God. Folks, if you pray for him, you will reap the benefit through his ministry of the word of God. He will be empowered and God will use him to lead, feed, and bless the church, your families, and your life. It is important. I say it is important that you must Take the time to pray for him. Get in that closet and lift up his name in prayer. I believe God will honor that kind of sacrifice. Now some of you might be tempted to say, Preacher, I pray for him. And I know that you pray for him. And I know that he is thankful that you pray for him. But what do you pray for him? Come on. What do you pray for him? You Say, God bless him. And that's it. Let me give you some. That I believe he would covet from you. Pray that God will give him opportunities to share his faith. Colossians 4.3 Pray that he will be protected from Satan. 1 Peter 5.8 Your pastor and my pastor is the biggest target of Satan. You have heard the saying, strike the shepherd and the... Sheep will be scattered. Folks, he needs a lot of prayer. Get up in that closet and lift up his name to God. Pray that he will be kept safe from Satan. Not only that, but pray that he will be kept safe from unbelievers. Romans 15 verse 31. Paul said that we may be delivered from those that believe not. And then, from believers. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 2. The Bible says, or Paul says, Pray for us that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not the faith. Folks, let us be careful. Let us be careful that we will not be used by the enemy to put down the man of God. We heard this morning he can use because he's a cunning creature. He's the most intelligent one. Not only that, but you can, you need to pray for wisdom. Pray that God will give him wisdom he needs in making decisions for the glory of God and for the good of the church. Folks, it's not easy to pastor a church. Believe me. Believe me. Pray for a healthy body. You know, pastors not, uh, need not only, you know, spiritual strength, they also need physical strength. Pray that he would be sustained in body and mind. Another thing that you can pray for him is for a healthy marriage and family. For a healthy marriage and family. Do you know that his first ministry is to his family? If he will neglect his family, he will be disqualified. But I praise God that he, uh, under the young shoulders, he can balance it. So pray that he will have a healthy marriage and family. Folks, Satan loves to destroy pastor's family, and our pastor or your pastor needs prayer that you will have a healthy marriage and family second appreciate him appreciate your pastor let's go to first timothy 517 first timothy 517 first timothy 517 Let the elders that all well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Appreciate him. Folks, faithful, diligent leaders, church leaders should be appreciated. Make sure that you take the time to speak a word of encouragement to him. The sad thing is that many churches forget the load their pastors carries, and only few realize just how heavy the load is. I will tell you this there will be time that Pastor Hernan will wet his pillows with tears at night because of his burden for you. There will be times when he will be away from his family because he loves you. There will be times when he will shoulder your burdens and carry them to the throne of grace and do spiritual battle on your behalf. Church, appreciate him by encouraging him. Go to him with a word of encouragement every now and then. Let him know that you love him and you are standing with him in the battle. Many times, pastors are target of criticism because the church has unrealistic expectations. Let me ask you this evening, how do you, how, you, how do you treat the man of God? How do you treat the man of God? Do you enjoy finding fault in him or do you show your appreciation to him? How to be a blessing to your pastor? First, that you need to pray for him. You need to appreciate him. Thirdly, you need to support him. Again, 1 Timothy 17, 18. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Verse 18, for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his reward. I know it's talking about financial need. And, you know, I know that we, you know, support him financially. But you know what? As a church, I believe we can do more. Amen? I believe we can do more. We can support him financially. But not only financially, but we can support him physically. Physically. You know, we sometimes think that the pastor is so very human that he doesn't get lonely, that he doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't get discouraged. You know, he always smile. No, I'm just kidding. We think that way. If he doesn't get weary or fatigued, let me tell you, he does sometimes get weary, sometimes get discouraged. It's up to us to support him. I want to draw your attention to a very moving passage of scripture in the book of Exodus. Exodus. And I want you to take note, because this will validate what I am talking about. And we will see the result when we, as a church, support the man of God. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. For some of you, this is a familiar uh, passage of scripture. It's about Moses. In verse 8. And he called the name of the place. Uh, sorry. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rapidim. Verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out of men and go out. Fight with Amalek. With Amalek, tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did. as Moses said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron went up to the mountain. Verse eleven. It came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Look at verse twelve. But Moses' hands were heavy. That means he gets tired, he gets weary. And what did Aaron and Had do in this situation? And they took a stone and put it under him and sat thereon, and Aaron and Herd stayed up his hands the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13, the result. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Moses' hands were heavy. And this is a situation where Moses needs help. And support. The Bible tells us that Aaron and her held Moses' hand up, meaning they steadied Moses' hand, and the result is victory over the Amalekites. And notice with me, they didn't tie up his tie up his hands; they didn't handcuff him. No, they held his hands up, and the result is victory of over the Amalekites. Now, what I, why did I say that? I'm pretty sure that they were there there are some disagreements with Moses. They have some disagreement with Moses. They didn't agree with all the decisions that Moses did. But what they realized was that they could get victory if they held the hands of Moses up. Folks, our situation is no different today. The enemy is at the the door of the members of our church. Our pastor has, has a role to play in helping us being victorious in our battles. Now, he doesn't physically fight the battle for us, but he definitely plays an important role in helping us gaining the victory. But as with Moses, he cannot do it alone. He needs help. He needs your support. He needs some people, if not all of us, come alongside him. And in that situation, it doesn't matter how skilled Aaron and her were. It's not rocket science. It takes no brainer. When Moses were down, the Amalekites gaining the victory. But when he stands up, Joshua and his men were winning. So what did they do? They come to the to to aid Moses and held his hands up. And folks, like I said, it's the same today. He needs some help. He needs our help. All our help. Can I tell you that God hasn't changed his method of operation today? He allows everyone of us to be part of the winning the battles the body of Christ faces today. Now, it may not always be in the front line like Joshua and his men. It may not even be in a visible place like Moses was. It may be in a seemingly insignificant role of holding up the hands of a key person, and that is the hand of our he needs our support practical ways to support him be in church in every services I didn't hear any amen to that be in church every services you know I'm convicted of this. Now there are times that I miss church I'm, I must be the first to admit, but in 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 studying this message, you know just God impresses upon my heart that hey, you need to be in church, support to give support to your pastor. you know the the most discouraging thing, and I, I don't know a pastor you know feel that way is that you know he study for the whole week, you know. For hours and hours, asking God to, 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 to give you the message that gives you people. And come Sunday morning or come Sunday night, people are not there. That's discouraging. So you need to be in every church service. Another way to, to another practical way to, to support Him is shout Him on. While he preaches. I didn't say shout on him. That's a big difference, okay? Shout him on. Say amen. You know, we are Baptists. We can say amen. Come on, folks. Shout him on while he preaches. And then stand by him while he leads you spiritually. Stand by him while he leads you spiritually. How can how, how to be a blessing to the man of God? Pray for him, appreciate him, support him. Number four, trust him. First Timothy again, please. First Timothy again. Chapter five, verse nineteen. Verse 19, against an elder received not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, trust him. Now, I believe one of the issues why churches break up is because of the lack of trust and the men of God. Folks, I'm sure that no one among us can honestly say tonight that we completely agree and every decision that pastor will make regarding the church or other things concerning the church. Folks, it is impossible. And neither he will agree to with you or me. Let's just be honest. It's impossible. But in saying that, even if we disagree with him, we need to trust him. Why? Listen to me well and listen to me and listen to me well because He is not accountable to you and me. I say it again. He is not accountable to you and me. He is accountable to God. He is. He will not give account or you will not give account to your pastor, to my pastor. Vice versa, He will give account for you. Because he watched for your soul. Let him be the pastor. And that brings us to the next point. Obey. Him. Obey your pastor. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. The book of Hebrews. Where the man need to make a coffee for his wife. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. Like I said, for they watch for your soul, as they may give account that they may do it with grief and not we do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourself for their watch for your souls. You know, when I was a young Christian, you know, I heard all the Christians say, you know, I don't obey a man, I only obey God. What a and you can fill in the blacks. Folks, let me tell you this as humbly as I can. How can you obey God if you cannot obey God's man? It's impossible, folks. It's impossible. It's like loving God and not loving your brethren. Folks, if you obey the man of God, you're also obeying God. So obey your pastor, obey him. Let's breathe. Come on, folks. We're not breathing at the moment. Can I tell you this? You are so blessed. And I'll say with with all sincerity, you are blessed. I am blessed by having a pastor like him. In here we are commanded to obey, to follow. This is not a command to criticise him or to find fault in him. This is a call to watch. Is walk with God. And I know that he is walking with God. Now some of you doesn't know him well. Now when how old are you, Pastor, when when we move into into this building? Fourteen. I've known him since he was 14. We used to beat them in basketball. No, no, I'm serious. I've seen him grow in the Lord. If there's something that that I could be proud to say is that his, his, his feet is still on the ground in spite of the things that God has accomplished in his life, he's still that humble young man that I know. It's not a call to criticism with a judgmental attitude regarding him. Folks, let's leave the judging to God. And by the way, if you look closely at a man's life, you can always find fault and failures in that man. I like what Pastor Fisher uh, said about our pastor, that he is not perfect. But he also said that we need to get in line with him, get behind him, because he is the one that God put in this church to lead us. You and I should watch him as you walk with God by faith. You and I need to observe the conviction that grips his heart. Do you know that he carries you in his heart? Do you know that? He doesn't say, I I only heard him say that he prayed for every one of us. That means he is, or he, or we are in his heart. And I'm thankful for for a pastor like that. Because I cannot possibly win the battles without the support, the guidance, the leadership that he extends in my life. Well, I said to you, one of, one of the things that I really admire about him is when we are moving back to this church. And a couple of times we, we went out. And I just shared with him. And you know what he said to me? I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to judge you. He said, I'm here to listen. From that time on, I said, God, please help me to not only love my pastor, but to support, pray, appreciate, and obey him. Brethren, we need to see the depth of his conviction, the reality of his walk with God, the commandments he demonstrates, the faithfulness that characterizes life and burdens he carries for the church and for the Lord. I implore you to see these things in his life and know that he is God's man and that he is worthy to be obeyed. That he is worthy to be followed because or due to being the spiritual leader of the church. Let his life serve as an example for your own walk with God. You want to watch him, not to judge him, and not to examine his life so that you can find fault in him, And criticize him, but observe the faith as it is lived out in his life. And follow his dedication, faith, and service for the glory of God. Now, it sounds like we are exalting a man. No, we are not. This was the counsel of Paul on three occasions. 1 Corinthians 4.16, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, and Philippians 3.17. Paul told his readers, Be ye followers of me as I followed Christ. And I can sincerely, sincerely say, Our pastor is following Christ. I said he's not perfect. He's not. But the way I see it from a young boy, he is. He is following Christ. Paul knew that he was living the life that God wants him to be, and therefore he could he could tell his readers, be Followers of me. Be followers of me. Folks, do you realize that the challenge for pastor is that he will lead that life also? The life that the apostle Paul lead? Like I said, your duty is not to find fault in him. Your duty is not to straighten him out to put him in his proper place. Your duty is not to complain when you don't get your way. No, your duty is to get behind the man of God and follow him for the glory of God. The leadership of the church is not given to the deacons. The leadership of the church is not given to Sunday school teachers. The leadership of the church is not given to leaders of the children's ministry, choir leaders, music ministry. No, the leadership of the church is given to the pastor, to the man of God. And that's your pastor and my pastor. He is commissioned to lead you are commanded to obey. And by the way, folks, cooperative followers greatly ease the burden of leadership. Now, I'm not advocating dictatorship, okay? I'm not advocating dictatorship with Paso as the head. What I'm trying to impress upon your heart this evening, tonight, is that God will lead this church through the man of God. As our pastor, he deserved respectful obedience. What we need to do is fall in line with God's man and God's plan, and God will bless it. God will bless it. All throughout the Bible, there are examples of God, of how God dealt with those that rose up and spoke against God's men. Let me give you a a, a few examples of it. In the Old Testament, and you can find the reference in Numbers 12, 9 to 10, when Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, what happened? Come on, folks. You are, you, you know... Uh, Bible scholars, what happened? Miriam get leprosy. When Korah and over 250 others spoke against Moses and Aaron, what happened? They were swallowed up. I'm not scaring you, folks. You may say, "Well, that's in the in, that's in the." The Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Judas turned against Jesus and became so miserable about what he had done with Jesus that he killed himself. The Bible says, and Judas went out and he hanged himself. Do you know who invented ties? Judas. He did. He went out and hanged himself. Be careful with your tie, folks. David would not go against King Saul, in spite of the many occasions that King Saul did something wrong to him. David's heart was, "The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against God's anointed." For Samuel. First Samuel twelve twenty six verse eleven. David knew it was it was wrong to oppose God's man. However, today, even in our ch- Baptist churches, there are many that have not the fear of respect to restrain themselves from talking against or doing ill against the, their pastor. That God has placed as head of the local church. Folks, I said a while ago we will not agree with its decision that Pastor will make. And neither he will. But in saying that, he is the leader of the church that God has for this time and should be obeyed and should be obeyed. And some of, uh, and, and you can say amen to that if you really believe that. And then six and last, and, and, and you can say amen now. Come on, folks. First, what did we say that we can be a blessing to the men of God by what second second I said second third fourth fifth you ready for this last one (laughs) you're not ready (laughs) respect him Respect him. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twelve. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. Verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. I want you to underline those words, to esteem them very highly. To esteem them very highly means they are to be held in highest regard. Now, I know respect is, is something that cannot be earned or that cannot be demanded. It is something that is earned over time. However, there is a certain amount of respect attached to the office of the pastor. And I believe that he already earned the respect of many of you here, if not all. Why did I say that? Have you, have you, uh, if you, if I were to ask you that question, what will be your answer? My answer is that if he hasn't earned the respect of the church, he wouldn't be called to pastor this church. But he was called to pastor this church, so he has earned the respect of many of you in here, including your preacher. Be that as may, he is to be respected for the office he holds. Your relationship to him has forever changed. He is no longer just The boy, Hernan, no, he is God's man. He is God's man. He is the pastor and he is to be respected as such. Parents, teach your children to address him properly. I say it again. Parents, teach your children to dress him properly. Men, young men, older men, discipline yourself to treat him as the pastor. Never be guilty. Of acting like he is still just one of the guys because he isn't. Now I know he, he, he joked with us, you know. He messed with us, but you know, we need to respect him because he's not just one of the boys now. He is your pastor and he is my pastor. Again, we're not, talking, we're not talking about putting man on a pedestal. We're not talking about exalting a man. We're talking about honoring an office. Your relationship to him should be one of respect. I say it again. Your relationship to him should be one of Respect. You need to have a healthy respect for his authority and position. Church, listen to what I'm about to say now. There is nothing more damaging to a church than when its own members takes the pastor down a notch, even a notch. Be in private, but so much more in public. I say it again. There is nothing more damaging to a church than when its own members take the pastor down a notch, be in private, but more so in public. It will communicate to others and, they, and it communicate this thing. I don't respect his authority and neither should you. That's what we communicate. Let me ask you, do you have a healthy relationship with your pastor? Or well, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around. Do I have a healthy relationship with my Pastor, can I tell you this? If you do struggle respecting Him, you need to ask God's help because God is perfectly able to work on your heart. The thing is, you need to open yourself up to change. Ask God's help, Lord change my thinking about my pastor. Help me to have a healthy relationship with him. Christians, be accountable for what's going on inside your heart. Disrespect for authority will bleed into your Christian life. It will bleed into your ministry Remember, we all have ministry, and it will eventually undermine your discipleship effort. Those of you who are discipling someone, be careful that when you are discipling someone, you don't. Okay? Talk behind the man of God with your disciple. Because you will lose the respect of that person being discipled. Let me say this in conclusion, and we, could, we all could go home and you know go to McDonald's or wherever we can go. Church, I can say with absolute confidence that God has honored you, me, this church greatly. He has given us a pastor. He has given us a man of God. He has given you someone who will love you. He has given you someone who will tell you the truth who will carry you in, your heart, in his heart, who will serve you faithfully, and who will do so much for you that only in eternity will you know the depth of his commitment to you. Here's my charge to you as I close this message. Pray for you, Pastor. I appreciate you, Pastor. Support your pastor, trust your pastor, obey your pastor, respect your pastor. Let's pray. Father God, we we do thank you indeed, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house. And Lord, we, we thank you also, Lord, that we could learn things, how to be a blessing to the man of God that You put to lead us, to love us, to instruct us. I pray tonight, Lord, that we will put into action the things that we have learned. And I pray, dear God, Lord, that if there are things that you brought into our attention this evening, Lord, that we, we ask your help, dear God. Our pastor needs our help. Our pastor needs our appreciation, our prayers, our support, our obedience, our respect. Why? Because he is the man that you put in this church to lead us in the things of God. So Lord, help us. Help us. just to be alongside with him in the battles that we face in the Christian life. Thank you for him and for his family and for his children. Lord, I ask that you bless them in a mighty way and continue to use them for your honor and for your glory. For these I ask in Jesus' name, Amen.